Hi everyone, and welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today I've got a special guest for you, and we're going to be talking about staying energised. <laughs> Sasha Bai from The Coaching Club. What a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oi, oi, thank you for having me. And can I just say, is that music not enough to get us all energised? It's mad, isn't it? It's mad, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we've been told it sounds a little bit like The Greatest Showman. and uh, <laughs> It does. Yeah, it does. and I'm not sure if that's good or not, But because we'll, I asked for like uh, something with a bit of a heavy metal riff and we've ended up like a circus musical, <laughs> so... I reckon you've got it down to a T. Greatest Showman is amazing. Well, yeah, yeah, it is good, yeah. but, you know, it's a guilty pleasure. So, <laughs> Yeah, true. How are you? Do you know what? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah. Really good. It's a sunny day. It's January. Yeah, things are, things are awesome. Rumour has it you've been on your travels as well. Yes, I have. It was my 30th birthday, so we went for a little bit of a treat. So, yeah, it was gorgeous. Oh, happy birthday. Where have you been? We went to Dubai for a couple of days and then on to Maldives. So, yeah, very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the average trip. So. Uh, yeah, to be fair, it was um, it was a hefty one, but it was amazing. Absolutely loved it. It's got to be done. <laughs> so, I guess for the uninitiated, tell us about the coaching club. Is there anything specific you want to know or...? What is it? Let's start there. So. All right. So the coaching club is an online program, although we do do regular meetups in Shrewsbury. And it is for women who are ridiculously busy, a little bit burnt out, and they're at the bottom of the priority pile. So they can't look after their nutrition. They don't have the energy to move. Maybe there's a little bit of... Um, uh, like they're not very kind to themselves, a lot of like inner critic going on. And they basically just want to start to look after themselves to ultimately live their best life by the end of the program, if you like. Amazing. Amazing. And I mean, we've met before. You probably don't know we've met before, but you've beasted <laughs> me in a few spin classes in the past. Um, and you, you know my business partner really well. Uh, yeah. how, how have you got to where you are today? Because it's I've seen the journey and talk us through it. Wow. Okay. Well, if we're going right back to how I got into fitness, because I was going to be a, um, I've always wanted to be a nurse or a doctor. Yeah. My mum's a care worker. My sister's a nurse. And I always thought that's what I want to do. Um, I've always been interested in humans and what they do. So I was like, right, I'm going to go down the route of mental health. Um, but I used to be a lifeguard. And one day I was like, right, I'm going to go and do a, um, what was it? Like a legs, bums and tums class or aqua or aerobics or something like that. And I did it and I woke up the next morning, lay in bed and I was like, I can't bloody move. And I was like, I love that. <laughs> Literally like straight away loved it. And then I was like speaking to my boss. I've always been a real you know, once I'm eager for something, that's it. I'm eager and I, I want to make it happen. So I was like, oh, please, can you put me on the PT course? Please, can you please? And they did. Then they didn't have a job for me. So then I was like, right, got my friend to drive me around Shrewsbury and we handed out all my CVs. Valentine's were the ones to come back to me. And um, it started from there, you know, and I was there for 11 years, climbed through the ranks, um, then went solo and became a PT in Valentine's, taught yucky spin classes, which I absolutely still to this day love. Um, but then like towards the end of that, uh, like stint, that 11 years of being a one-to-one, -one, like face-to-face -face PT, I started to feel a bit like disjointed if you like like something just didn't feel right and I think it's because I was neglecting this like passion that I have for example 
around human behavior, psychology, why we do what we do. It just felt that, like there was a missing link. So COVID came. And for me, I hate saying this, but it's actually been life changing for me in a, quite a good way because it gave me the chance to get off the treadmill of life and go, what is it I want to do? You know, this has felt a bit not really what I want to do anymore. You know, I still enjoyed it in the sessions, but it was just like I had this like gnawing feeling to do something else. So I took some time to reflect in the lockdown of oh, what was it like October 2020? I don't know. October 2020, I think. So the second um, lockdown as such. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In that one, I was actually quite grateful when they closed the gyms down and I was like, that's a bad sign. So then I kind of like looked at some mentors I've been following for some time and I found one and I was like, right, I'm going to sign up with him and see what happens. And we worked together and created the coaching club. And when we first started it, it was all about fat loss. Again, that <laughs> there is an element definitely of uh, mindset, human behavior, understanding that is needed with fat loss. Um, but we weren't really touching on it. And I, again, I had that feeling that something just wasn't quite right. So now, yes, we can accommodate fat loss. And, you know, we have some amazing results for that inside the club. But it's so much more about the wellness, holistic approach. You know, our uh, method, if you like, is the MBL method, which is mind, body and life. So we bring it all in together. And that is what helps you to live an authentic, you know, life of happiness and one that you feel amazing, you know, on the majority of days, which is ACE. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, to sort of bring it back to the beginning, I, I used to be a Bannertines member and, uh, obviously i've worked with andy for 11 years now and, and andy said oh do you know sasha and i said uh is that the woman that screams butt cheeks at me <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he was like yeah that'll be that'll be her so, so so no it's it's been awesome to watch what you've done um uh, and just the fact that you kind of uh you practice what you preach you're working with a mentor yourself um we you know we work with mentors how important do you think it is for a for a business owner to do that Oh, like, so for me, I was finding that I was being, and that limitations are usually caused by ourselves, but I was finding like looking back now, hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? I was limited because I didn't have an external resource to help, you know, Shrewsbury is a small town, um, and it doesn't always open your eyes to opportunities sometimes. Now, you can do great things, and so many people have, but I would never, I would never have created what I have now if it wasn't for hiring a mentor. And for me, I have a mentor for my business, and I have a coach, so basically a PT, um, to hold me to a higher standard. Both of those people, I don't necessarily need them anymore. Okay, but they hold me to such a high standard. I am accountable to somebody and I have somebody that's bringing me inspiration, education on a weekly basis. And I think if you're a business owner and you don't have a mentor, you think maybe you're at the top of your game or there's nothing more that you could be um, taught. I would maybe pose the question that that could be a potential fixed mindset. And what could you learn or how could you change the way you do things if you had someone else to come in? You know, ask yourself that question. And if it's nothing, that's probably a fixed mindset. 
Yeah, absolutely. And things change anyway. Life is fluid. No one saw COVID coming. And No, God. Uh, I remember like, so I was in the gym and I spoke to this one GP and I was like, what is it? He's like, oh, it's just a cold. It'll be gone in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I had an argument with a GP because my personal trainer at the time actually trained a GP and, and our sessions crossed over. And, and I was a bit of a pessimist, I must admit. And I said, uh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be really bad. And he was like, no, everyone's overreacting. Don't, don't worry about it. You know, maybe we'll shut down for three weeks and then everything will be back to normal. And uh, yeah. Oh, how wrong. Yeah, I know. So on this point, why is it so important to make yourself a priority? Because I guess for the listener, for the business owners listening to this podcast, they're, they're very much about serving. They're very much about helping others. And sometimes they come last. And I think it's probably the same with the ladies that you work with. 100%. So I work with probably 70% business owners and 30% work, you know, in high pressure careers or what have you. But it is, you have to right. So what we do and what we work back from is like, where do we get it from to put ourselves last? Where do we get it from to build and chase success? And success will never make you happy. Never. It will never make you happy. And what happens for the ladies is it often happens at the detriment to their happiness, their health, their wellness, their, like, you know, feeling great in their body. And it comes to the point where, like what I was asking, like, is this it? Was being a one-to-one PT, I was like, is this it? It just doesn't feel right. They have that. And a lot of people will ignore it. You know, a lot of people won't go down this route of like, oh yeah, like maybe, maybe it will make me feel better. But ultimately, if you're, if you're putting yourself last, how do you feel? You know, if you're working, I've spoken to people who work 5.30 AM, you know, they'll work for a few hours, drop the kids off at school, work flat out throughout the day, pick the kids up. And then they're working till 11 o'clock at night, answering phone calls, emails. How, like, so if we put you on a scale of one to 10, how you generally show up to life, like how you feel your energy levels, your motivation, how magnetic you are as a human, where would you sit on that? Because if you're anything below a five, like everyone else will be feeling the brunt of that. And so it could be down to decision-making. It could be down to the way that you're handling your staff. It could like, there's so many ways that if you're less than a five, it will be having an impact elsewhere. And I think where people get this wrong, I hate saying that, but where people get this wrong is they think that to not be bottom of the priority pile, to put their business first, they have to like put in so much time into themselves. You don't, like you really don't. And what we talk about inside the coaching club is say where we're at right now, like what one thing can we add into your life or swap in your life to move the needle the most? Okay. What one thing. So it could be get up and go for a walk. Okay. Five minutes. Doesn't need to be a 45 minute. Doesn't need to be a 20 kilometer run. What one thing can we do? Maybe it's you just drink coffee throughout the day. That will have a significant effect on your health, um, your headspace. So how can we drink like a liter of water throughout the day? And it sounds so simple that people kind of like disregard it. But honestly, that's what needs to happen. You know, start small, build it up. We understand that your business is your baby. You know, it brings so much fulfillment, hopefully. But imagine if we got you to a seven out of 10 or an eight out of 10 over time. Imagine how 
not only would you feel better, but how it would have such an impact into everything else. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. I think um, something Andy says is when the plane's going down, you've got to put your mask on first. Um, And you've touched on it there with if you're less than a five, you you might feel like you're helping people, uh, but you're just grinding. And that's something I've labelled a couple of people is you turn into a fun sponge. So oh, yeah. you'll be the person in the room that sucks the life out of everybody else. And it's that's the opposite of, of what you want. Um, what do you, what would you do in, as the first step there? You said pick on one thing to move the needle. What What's a common thing to, to change? It's so individual. Like mm-hmm. for some people, it's like you've got to think about what's impacting me the most that's within my circle of control. So is it the fact that you the kids go to bed at seven, but you stay up till 11 because you think it's me time? So you're getting between 11 and six sleep and it's not enough time because maybe it's a bit interrupted. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, your sleep isn't so great because you're on your phone too late answering emails. So it's looking at like, and again, this takes a little bit of time, but when you're driving, rather than thinking about work, 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 how can we think about, um, or could we start to think about what is it that I can do myself that's within my control? Because often people like stress about everything that's external to their control that's going to help. So it could be the coffee thing. And like I said, don't disregard the things that seem so simple that you then think, oh no, they won't make a difference. How do you know? You know, you don't need a PT. You don't need to go to the gym for hours on end. What is the one thing that you can help just to make you feel a little bit better? Because chances are, if you're a stressed out businessman or woman, you are, you know, not putting great food into your body you're probably not eating regularly, um, not drinking enough water, not moving your body. You know, sleep could be shot as well. It depends where you're at. And maybe you're not having enough fun. So what is the thing that we can focus on first to help to move the needle a little bit and then move on from that point? It's just habit stacking, yeah. you know, stacking one habit on top of the next. Don't do not like what's it called on a monopoly? What's it called? So you must not pass here Go. or whatever. I do not pass you know? Do not collect 200 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what we're looking for here is you must not pass habit one, like to go on to habit two until you've bossed habit one. Yeah. Got you. Got so, you. I, sorry, I can't give you like um, a, you know, do, do this, but you're looking at the basic things like movement, hydration, nourishment. And that doesn't mean you need to turn vegan and, you know, you know, cut out all processed food. It just means how can you get, if you're not getting one portion of veg in per day, how can we get one in? If you're not getting any water, how can we get one cup in? If you're getting, you know, really poor sleep, how can we improve it? If you know that moving your body is the most like, because when we move our body, emotions move with it. So if we can just do like a five minute stretch each morning or a five minute power walk to the local lamppost and back, whatever it needs to be to help you move from a five to a six. Yeah, let's pick on that one. So I know as a business owner, some days I can be sat down from half past seven in the morning to half past seven at night and literally not moved out of that chair. How important is it to, to one, get moving and two, when you're psychologically tired, to know that you're not physically tired? I would pose the question, like, why, how much, and self-worth is just thrown around kind of phrase at the minute, but like, 
for you to be glued to your laptop for 12 hours a day, not standing up pretty much unless you need toilet, you know, do you not see your body? If you even need to separate the two, so you and your body, do you not see your body as worthy to at least go and do a lap around the office, you know, every couple of hours? Because this is where it comes in. Like people feel that they've got to hustle. They've got to grind. They've got to put everyone else before themselves. And our bodies are designed to move. You know, if you look at how well a baby can move or a toddler, that's how we should move. But because we sit on our asses, you know, long stints per day, we get tight hip flexors, tight lower back, you know, then we get back problems and then we get like posture problems. We're all kyphotic, you know, then you have to deal with the discomfort of the comfort of you satisfying your needs of staying on the laptop and, you know, hustle grind mentality. So even if you could just add in that five minute walk first thing in the morning, a five minute lunch break where you go outside, get some fresh air, regardless of the weather, and then maybe break the day before you, well, after you finish your work to then going home, a five minute walk, or maybe just some breath work in the car before you go home. Cause a lot of people carry their mentality from work into the house, you know, their, yeah. their home environment. And that can have a really negative impact on people at home as well. So it's important, but it's also important to understand that you've got to do what you can do. Don't compare to anybody else. Don't think, Oh, you've got to do an hour. You've got to do this. Just do what you can. You know, it might be better for you to just say, actually, I'm just going to do a lunchtime walk. But your productivity will go up so much when you're taking a like taking a bit of a break away from your laptop. I would definitely pose the question of how productive are you if you're doing long stints and you're going from task to task with no breaks in between? The way I do it is I'll have like almost like a power hour, power hour or a power 90 minutes. I'll set the timer on my phone, sit down with a coffee and water, or I actually use a standing desk to be fair. And I will plow through the one task that I've got to do. And so at the minute it's onboarding videos. So there's a lot to do. I will get it done or as much as I can in that 90 minutes. And then I'll go walk around the house, go to the toilet. If it's a nice day like today, I'll head outside, go for a quick 10 minute walk, literally down to the lamppost and back and I'm reset and then I'm good to go again. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I th something you touched on there, which I think is a great tip for business owners. Um, something I do when I get home, my wife always says, why do you sit on the drive for five minutes? Yeah. And uh, I saw I'm decompressing. And, and I'll listen to five minutes of a podcast or I'll, I'll walk down to the end of the road and back or, and it's, it's just to unravel. It's to make that. And I'm, I don't really believe in, in work-life balance as a business owner, because that's hard, but I do believe in work-life harmony. And mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to let a few things go before you walk, walk through the front door. So, And also on that point, you know, for me, I found it, I find it really helpful to be able to, to switch off or not switch off, but, you know, try and put as much of the day behind you as you can. But also if there's stuff niggling at you, have a chat with your partner and say, this is going on. And you might say, cause I think it's always good to do uh, signaling. So you might not, your partner might not have the answers, but you might benefit from just soundboarding. Yeah. So I would signal and say, look, I'm not coming to you for answers, but please, can I soundboard off you? You know, this has happened today. Um, I'm feeling X, Y, Z. Usually you'll feel so much better just from getting it off your chest. Sometimes it can be a bit triggering if you uh, don't signal and say, look, I'm not asking for answers here. And they're trying to give you, um, 
advice based on your business, sometimes that can be mega triggering. So it's just understanding and making sure that you're clear on what it is that you want from that discussion if you feel the need for one. Yeah, that, that moves me on to my next point. Um, <laughs> business owners in particular, but you know, 99% of the population, I think, struggle to talk about their emotions. And we all know it's important. What do you do with your clients to get them to open up in the first instance? Why do you think people struggle to talk about their emotions? Um, well, I think we're preconditioned throughout our entire lives to fit a set agenda. So you must pass this test. You must do this. You must take part in this. You must learn this. And that's always set externally. It's not an internal agenda. And then by the time you start setting your internal agendas, uh, your emotions are based on the previous external agenda. And then it's too late. You, you, don't, you can't talk about how you feel because previously it didn't matter. It doesn't matter how you feel. You need to pass that test. And then as an adult, well, it really matters how I feel now because it affects what I want to achieve. But I've never had to talk about my feelings before. 100%, you know, and we learn from a very young age. Um, big girls don't cry. Mm. You know, boys aren't meant to cry. We, we've got this like slammed into us. And I see it all the time now, you know, and that then conditions us to believe that we can't, like emotions are bad. Yeah, I like, heard I heard a, an old school one the other day, don't get your knickers in a twist. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, often I think, at the moment, for whatever reason, society says men struggle to talk about their emotions. But I was like, no, it, it, it happens to women too. And don't get your knickers in a twist is a, a typical example of one I've heard my nan say to my mum several times. How triggering is that comment alone? Yeah. Oh, God, it literally like went through me. But it's it's weakness, isn't it? People see, and I spoke to a lady yesterday who's considering joining the club, and she was like, I find asking for help weakness. And like, we don't like coaching isn't about having the answers. We don't have the answers to your problems. If you like the same brain that holds the problem also holds a solution. So we've got to ask them back, you know, why do you feel you like, why is it a weakness to ask for help? Because this is a high achievers, perfectionists, uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, they will struggle with this because they feel it's weakness. They feel that you're relying on someone else. They feel that you're better off doing the job yourself. All those things that you'll have heard millions of times before. But and I think, you know, there's so much hype around mental health at the minute, which is good. But I think it can sometimes put people off, you know, when it feels like it's a buzzword or, mm. you know, like veganism was a couple of years ago. But I think what you've got to understand is what feels right for you yourself, you know, and trying to develop your own um, emotional intelligence yourself, understanding what is it you're feeling? Why are you feeling this? Is it yeah. within your circle of circle of control? You know, um, so many people and, you know, understandably so like so anxious about COVID, so worried, but they're reading, uh, you know, posts on Facebook that are all about, you know, scarcity. They're watching the news. It's all about scarcity. They're not moving their body. They're not putting good food in. You know, no wonder you're feeling that massive pressure, you know, whereas if we could go, right, how can we control this? What can we control? I know that a walk a day really helps to clear my mind. Or like you say, talking about your emotions and it's not everyone's cup of tea 
you know, and I think that's what we've got to understand because some people be like, oh, why didn't they just talk? It's not some people's, some people are literally like, no, I'm going to keep that buried. I don't yeah. want that to come up. But what we can do is control the now, you know, and what we found inside the coaching club is creating, and this is again, such a buzzword, but creating a safe environment. So the women are all very alike and we normalize struggles. We normalize crap days. We normalize um, when things aren't going right. We normalize when you don't reach your goals. We, you have to normalize that because normalize that, if you just celebrate the wins and the successes, you're creating a toxic environment. Um, so you have to kind of normalize it and welcome them because struggles are what creates and builds our character. It what you know, the struggles are amazing. If if we could have hindsight every time we kind of step into a new trouble, the world would be a better place, but we can't. So it's having that ability to zoom out when things are, are really tough and know that it will pass, but also there will be some lesson within that struggle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you talked about high achievers there. The absolute highest achievers um, have probably gone through more struggles than you'll ever know, for, for, for one. So just because their Instagram says otherwise doesn't mean that's the reality. And also they ask more questions than anybody else. So they actually do speak uh, in an True. open way. And I think you can, when you're in the grind, you can really get caught up in the idea of, well, I should know this. Yep. And actually flipping back to the being vulnerable or in your safe space could be the key to unlock the problem you've got in front of you. And that's sort of a tricky one to accept sometimes. I think as well, environment. So, you know, if we're talking about um, a businessman who is in his 50s and he, um, I don't know, he's got like a really successful business, he isn't going to want to potentially go to the pub and talk to people about his problems. No, you know? sure. He probably won't want to hire a therapist. But if he could put himself in an environment of similar people to himself, like what the coaching club has done for these women, you'll have that relatability. And then if you're seeing someone else who's maybe more successful than you, maybe got it shit together a little bit more than you, you're then like, oh, okay, maybe I can talk about mine too. So it's all about finding your environment, finding where you can be vulnerable and open and honest. And also that word should, should be banned because should is, um, we say should like, oh, I should go for a walk today or I should talk about my problems because we've been told to do it because it's like an external expectation your inner child will rebel like mad if you're constantly saying things like I should do this and I should do that. You know, what do you get to do? Mm. How, like what, you know, if you make it your decision, you'll, you'll so much more likely to run with it. Yeah. That's the chimp paradox, isn't it? The, yeah. <laughs> the inner chimp. You can't, can't listen to that. You have to uh, flip the switch a little bit. So for the women you work with, how does this impact their lives? So I believe that everything starts and ends with them. You know, I'm not a business coach. I'm not a therapist. I am a PT, but you know, I, we help them to understand that they have everything that they need, but it's just been kind of stamped on throughout life. And yeah. usually this links really closely with self-worth, you know, people pleasers, people who are the bottom of the priority pile who don't look after themselves um, enough or at all. 
they are people who some people would say they don't have discipline. I would probably say there could be a bit of discipline, but it's more about worth. Are you worthy? Do you see yourself worthy of taking a 30 minute lunch break? Do you see yourself or your body as worthy of hydrating your body? So the impact it has is huge on themselves in terms of their headspace, their um, confidence, because they're moving their body more, uh, physical changes as well. So it we look at helping them to evolve and to completely change their identity over time. But that makes it seem quite a selfish mission. And obviously these types of women struggle with that. Again, if we go back to that scale, if they're showing up as a five out of 10 or sometimes even less, they're probably going to be a bit snappy, a bit reactive, make poor decisions. You know, there is a lot that will come from that headspace and how they're showing up to life. So if we get them to an eight out of 10, they're energetic. They want to go and play with their children. They want to take a spontaneous trip to the beach. You know, they want to be calm and like really listen to their um, work colleagues or, you know, employees or what have you. So the ripple effect, I see it as like, if you look at a pebble going into water, that is what the coaching club helps because we start with you that drop in the water and then the ripple effects go into every, everyone and everything around you. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I think something you said there that I think really resonates for for everyone is it takes a lot of discipline to be selfless. To put yourself bottom of the pile takes a tremendous amount of discipline. You've taught yourself that. And if you can apply just 10% of that discipline to, you know, moving your body, uh, reading something of value, getting out, getting some fresh air, the, the ripple effect is huge. And yeah, if, if anyone could take anything away from this podcast today, that's that's huge. Thank you. Um, so how does that then, if you've got 70% of your, your ladies are business owners, how does it impact their work? What do you notice about the changes in their business when they work with you? What I love is like we work on them. That's the beginning focus. I'm like, don't worry about the impact it has on other people just yet. Let's focus on you. Let's focus on you. Let's focus on getting you feeling a bit better. Cause if people are snappy and reactive, they then feel like they're then hard on themselves. So we want to work on that first point. So how can we build your energy up? How can we build your kind of how you're showing up to life a little bit? But once we've done that, once we've ticked that box and we have four phases inside the club, Once we've ticked that box, you see them. It's like, oh, I've applied for this new job. If they're in a career, you know, oh, I am, I, I'm like fully booked for the rest of the year. You know, we've got an architect who works in who it's just like adopting that growth mindset and reaching out to all these things around them. When they're in this place of pain before they join, they wouldn't even have the capacity to consider it. So you see better relationships being formed at work, better networks and connections to kind of expand work, bigger and better projects. The one that I like the most is that they're no longer absolutely killing themselves at the to like gain more work or to kind of like complete the service if you like because they realize they don't have to the 5am club in my opinion is dead you know it's all about looking after you so that you are an eight out of ten so then it has a positive ripple effect into the rest of your life and that's what i'm seeing happening and it is amazing and you see that People come up with these new ideas, like they have the confidence and the worth to realize that they can do that. You know, they could have been working in a career for the last 20 years and thought that, you know, it just it pays the bills. And then they wake up one morning, they're like, 
I can start that business. I can do that thing I thought about. So it's the confidence really that is the thing that excites me the most when it comes to what happens in their careers and their businesses. Yeah, that's awesome. You've been a wicked guest. I've got I've got two more questions. One that we ask everybody, completely unrelated, but maybe related. What's your favorite film and why? God, I have got the world's worst memory, so I can watch a film 10 times over and be like, oh, this is great. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. What's my favourite film? Um, do you know what one comes into my mind, but it's just because we've just had Christmas? It's Elf. Okay. <laughs> okay. But there will be others. Um, I like things like The Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Um, I'm quite into the, like... I know the ones that are a bit dodgy that involve like a bit of crime and a bit of drugs and stuff like that. I like a bit of that rather than like a rom-com or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of escapism. I get you. Mm. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, Andy and I, yesterday on the podcast, we were talking about, uh, sell me this pen because everyone knows what a pen is, but unless you can sell it, what's the point? So that's a good one. So thanks for being an awesome guest again. How does someone get in touch with you? So you can reach out to me by my social media, currently not using a business page. So you can come onto my private um, personal social media account, which is Sasha Bai. I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. They're the best ways to get in touch with me. And I just wanted to say, because often you can think about doing these things Mm -hmm. and you're thinking about, you know, adding something into your life. But I want, what I would love for you to do, if you're kind of listening to this and like, yeah, yeah, it's all right for you. I want you to say, what is the consequence of you not doing this? What is the consequence of you currently and consistently for the next five years running at a million miles an hour, feeling burnt out, stressed out and exhausted? Because there will be a consequence. And often we live just in this moment right now or dwelling on the past. We don't think about, right, if I carry on like this for, for another five years or what have you, you know, what will happen? Because yeah. even the smallest of changes right now that will take up minimal time and have minimal impact in terms of stress, pressure, and all of that, but a huge impact as we accumulate it over the next five years, that will be absolutely life-changing. So even if you just take five minutes a day or five minutes or go for a hike at the weekend, you know, when you're not working, it will pay off. Awesome. Sasha, thanks for being a wicked guest. And I'll catch thanks you again. Cheers.